In Matt Sportscast, I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner Matt Story, and I'm going to turn off that ticking sound because I caught it in the first couple seconds. Hey, so we're just going to keep going. Well done. <laughs> uh, so breaking news, Matt. Uh, That's a breaking news alert. The ticking sound is <laughs> is that. Bruce Arians has resigned, retired immediately, and uh, is going to the front office. Todd Bowles to take over. Yeah, as the yeah. head coach, and uh, I guess the question on everyone's mind is: Will he come back in less than a month, like Tom Brady? <laughs> well, if he does, I, I this is just my guess. If he does, he's not coming back as the Bucks head coach. Um, I, I believe. I mean, I I felt like Tom Brady was trying to angle his way out of Tampa with his retirement, and I think it was in part, or maybe in large part, because he and Arians the the relationship had frayed. I think the Antonio Brown stuff caused some friction there. There were reports that, you know, Arians would come in and, like, you know, overrule what he and Leftwich wanted to do as, a, you know, Leftwich being the offensive coordinator. Now Brady's back, and now Arians, who said, I'm not retiring, is all of a sudden retiring from coaching and going, like, something smells there, and it smells like Tommy coming in and saying, okay, I'll come back if you give me what I want. Yeah. Um... I'll level with you. I don't know how much value Bruce Arians adds anymore. Oh, I'm not sure that he does. On this team I mean, I, in particular. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Bruce Arians was a good offensive coach in his day. Um, but I, I'm not sure that really he should get a ton of credit for the Super Bowl. I mean, that I always hate doing that dance because it's like, you know, well, who gets the credit? And You know, they all do. But, mm-hmm. like... Um, you know, Brady basically kind of ran that offense and really started to, I mean, the, the list is long. You know, he said he didn't want Antonio Brown. They went and got Antonio Brown. He said they weren't going to bring in Gronkowski. They brought in Gronkowski. So, I mean, like, there's plenty of evidence that, like, what Brady wants, Brady gets. And that that didn't always mess with Arians. Arians is a, he's he's a difficult person. Yeah, he is. And... And he's not Belichick, you know. Belichick's a difficult person, but I think they had a long-standing sort of like, hey, we, you know, we benefit each other. We'll just put up with it. And mm-hmm. and I think you know, like Brady wants to run the show, and and yeah, I totally agree. Like, what does Arians bring to the table? Not a ton. He wasn't calling the plays anymore. Leftwich was, and now they could keep him and have him, you know, still be the offensive coordinator, obviously. And um, it, you know, yeah. I, it's interesting. There's, there's no doubt. It's, it's one of those that I think there'll be more to the story, you know, weeks and months and probably years down the road that we find out that, you know, yeah, Brady, but it basically said, you know, him or me type of deal. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, we'll all, we'll all find out the story at a time that Brady deems appropriate. Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. Because, be because, because I'll say this, I, I, you know, you and I have read between the lines with the conspiracy theories before. Yeah. Um, the fact that they kept him in the organization tells me right. that that they want to control Bruce Arians' spin on what happened. Probably so. Probably so, yeah. Unless, yeah. unless he had a health issue, which I guess is the one thing that we could say. 
could it, always fall on, I mean, true or not true, because he does have health issues. I mean, he had health yeah. issues when he was with the Colts. He had health issues when he was with the Cardinals. Um, and, you know, supposedly he retired from the Cardinals for health issues. Then he was back a year later. Um, you know, so, I mean, that is very believable that that's part of it. Um, and you're right. That'll probably be a spin of it. But I feel like it's one of those that, you know, three, four years from now, when, when Seth Wickersham writes his next tell-all article about Tom Brady, uh, you know, inside the Brady years with the Bucks, that's going to be one of those little nuggets that comes out that, you know, Brady didn't want to come back because he didn't want to play for Arians anymore. But he didn't want to stop gonna, playing. <laughs> right. The Bucks said they weren't going to let him out of his contract. So he couldn't just go as a free agent to San Francisco or Miami or wherever. Uh, so he basically said, okay, I'll come back. But um, in you know a month, we need to push aside Bruce Arians and make sure that I'm not dealing with him anymore. Yeah. I, I Which, think that... if you're the Bucks, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, like I'm not no a one, guy, No one buys gonna... Bruce Arians hats. People buy exactly. Tom Brady jerseys. Exactly. And who were you going to get that was a comparable replacement? You, you probably weren't. I mean, you're a team that's built to win right now. They've, they've, you know, they're a veteran team. They're not, they got some good young players, but they're certainly not a, you know, building for the future roster. So, yeah, you want a quarterback who's going to do it, and, and he's done it for him. I mean, he's yeah. won a Super Bowl for him already. So. Yeah. I, I wonder why Bulls. And I, I, you know, I mean, my guess he was there. We're we're late in the off season. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I wonder if in some way, I mean, Arians loves Bulls. Like you know, there. I mean, he coached Bulls at Temple back yeah. in the eighties. He brought him to the Cardinals. He brought him to the Bucks. Um, you know that. And so I do wonder if there's a little bit of a, you know, hey, you know. Plus, I mean, it, you know, let's let's not lie, and you know, it makes them look good that they hire a black head coach makes the NFL happy when given what's going on with Brian Flores and all that. Um, and he's got more experience than left, which I mean, if you're choosing mm-hmm. between the two coordinators, he's been a head coach before he's been a coordinator for longer. Um, you know, so I mean, it, it's the smoothest transition, I suppose. Yeah, I, I suppose that's true. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you it could have certainly promoted left, which too, I suppose, but you know, if you're bowls, do you think like, hey, you know, I've I've been there and done that, and I'm the senior coach here, and why are you passing over me for Byron Leftwich? Yeah, probably. I, you're right. It's the easier solution. Like we're we're too far in the off season for Leftwich to go somewhere else. Right. right you know. Right. You know, and and it allows. I mean, I don't know the dynamic, but you'd think this almost kind of allows Leftwich to be, you know, you run the offense, like it's mm-hmm. your show. Sort of like, you know, when Tony Dungy took over with the Colts and it was like, you know, I'm not going to touch the offense. That's Tom Moore and Peyton Manning. You do it. You run it. And and I'm going to, you know, I'll be the head coach and I'll approve the defense. And it, it worked fairly well there. Yeah. I mean, it certainly worked well for Dungy. He's made an entire career off of it. So. He did. He's in the Hall of Fame in large part because of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's going to be interesting to see the immediate – all out of this. I mean, this news is just coming out. You you broke it to me. I had not heard it. Uh, when you sent me the, the tweet, I almost even thought it was like a, a parody account. But but I checked. I'm like, no, no, no. That's that's legit Peter King. There you go. And uh, so what will be the immediate fallout? And then, like I said, what will be the fallout like six months, two years, etc. from now when we hear more about this probably. 
Yeah. I, the, the one thing is Arians is old and Brady is old. Yeah. So your franchise will not really be defined by picking between these two. But True, true. You know, because... But, but um, you know, I mean, Brady is, is the face of the franchise. He's, you know... I mean, he's probably, even in just two years, you know, he might be the best quarterback in Buccaneers history because they don't really have... They have yeah. some really good quarterbacks that played for him, but they had great years otherwhere, other places. Yeah. Now Brady is too, but, um, you know, like for him to do what he's done, it's like, gosh, there's not a ton of competition for that title of, you know, the best quarterback mm-hmm. in franchise history. So, hey, if they can keep him around for at least one more year and, and maybe, you know, maybe this gets him to buy into 2023 as well. Yeah. Maybe that was a sticking point. Uh, who knows? Yeah. It's... The, but the bottom line, I think the lesson is that Tom Brady never, ever, ever going away. And we just need to accept it. Yeah. Tom Brady's never going to go away. And you no. you are going to have to personally accept it. I kind of have. Is it, you know, he's now, he wasn't able to oust Belichick, so he left. Right. You know, does this now complete what he was hoping to do? And he was able to oust someone else? Maybe, and, maybe, uh, you know, really kind of have it all his way type of deal. It feels like, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, I I am sure that the initial spin on this will be, you know, everybody's on board with this decision. Everybody is feeling great about it. Oh, yeah, it'll be a kumbaya thing. Uh, You know, (laughs) Bruce is still going to be with us for when we're picking in the draft and we value his insight. Exactly, but we know that, that, you know, I mean, I saw it up close and personal when I worked for the Cardinals that Bruce doesn't hesitate to take shots at former employers and for, you know, he, he did it plenty about the Steelers. You know, he was, he loved to talk about how he, he was refired, not retired, um, and, and get that little shot in. So if there's shots to be taken in the future, he'll do it. Yeah. That's why they had to promote him and keep yes. him in house. Right. Correct. So it, it avoids that for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's pivot now. Let's, let's talk about the NCAA where we were going to go with the final four. Uh, so you get Duke UNC for coach K making it back to the final four and then you get Villanova, Kansas. So, uh, it's a blue bloods final four. It definitely is. It's, it's funny how that worked out. Cause yeah, I mean, you got down to the elite eight and it was like, Oh my gosh, you got Miami and you got Houston, who's, you know, got a history, but not recent history. You got St. Peter's, and, oh, this could be great. And then, yeah, it ends up with, you know, the the four traditional powers, um, three of whom have won championships in the last decade. Kansas is the only one who hasn't, but they're an annual contender. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the... It's the big names, which, you know, is, is kind of what we want, I think, um, as, as a fan base in general. It's like, it, you know, the, the St. Peter story was fun, but the Elite Eight game against Carolina was exactly why you sometimes don't want that story to go too far, because it just ends up with a complete yawner when they're, when they're finally outmatched. Yeah. Um, I want to just dive into what we've, alluded to and and it's a a boyhood dream come true remy martin is the hero of kansas 
and yeah. and he's in the final four. It's the thing that we speculated on. It's basically the scenario you drew up when he announced his transfer is how would we feel now? How yeah, will we feel yeah. if he makes it to the final four and is a key contributor? Well, here we are. Here we are, yeah. Um, I don't feel good. Yeah, well, okay, so I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to convince you, I guess, as best I can, of why I don't necessarily feel bad about it. And and here's how I thought about it in this way. Like, he would have only been here one more year this year. Mm-hmm. That's all he had left. So it's not like he left with, you know, three years of eligibility and this grand, you know, vision of the future. And in reality, like, ask yourself this question. If he stayed at ASU... How much better, if at all, is our season this year? I don't think it's that much better, if if at all. I think there's a sure floor raising. Maybe I, you know, uh, like I mean, the Riverside slight. loss, the you know. Yeah, maybe slight. Do we make the tournament if he if he stays? I'm not convinced that we do. Maybe we have a shot. Maybe yeah. we're on the bubble, you know. But like, I don't think he cost ASU a dream season. By leaving, I don't look at it and think like, man, if he had stayed, we could have won the Pac-12. We could have gotten to the Sweet 16. We could, and and I compare it. You you compared it. I think last week we were talking. You compared it to Brett Favre, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting. It's an interesting comparison, but it's the one that I kind of thought of in the sense that like when Brett Favre left the Packers, they made the NFC Championship game the year before, and so it was an easy thing to think like, man, if he stayed one more year, if he can't, you know, came back one more year. Instead of turning it over to a young, no experienced Aaron Rodgers, could they have made a Super Bowl run that year? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't know. Um, and then I thought of it in my own way of Kawhi Leonard leaving the Spurs. And, you know, the last time Kawhi Leonard really played meaningful basketball for the Spurs, they were in the Western Conference Finals, up big in the first half of game one against the Warriors with Kevin Durant and that, that great team. And so that one hurts. That one stinks, and it always will. Because, like, man, could they have continued that run as a championship contender with him? Maybe. Uh, I don't think Remy Martin would have had that type of impact here. And it's only one year. And he gave us four years. And he only has this one year because of the extra year of eligibility that was given to everybody. And so I'm thinking, like, man, good for him in a way. Like, he... He's having a moment that he never would have had had he stayed at ASU for a fifth year. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i not rooting against him. I, As an ASU fan, I am I feel jilted a little. Yeah. You know, yeah. where See, was the I guy really who was the preseason All-American who was supposed to lift us to new heights? I know. I agree. You know? I agree. Um, but he wasn't that guy. And he's not that guy at Kansas. I mean, he, no. he's had a nice little tournament run, and that's good for him. You know, I mean, he, but he, but he's coming off the bench. He was hurt a good chunk of the year. He before he was hurt, he wasn't really, you know, looking like a, you know preseason All American type player. He's not that guy. He's a nice college player who is getting a moment that is probably going to be just going to, you know, the pinnacle. I, I think this the pinnacle. Yeah, the peak of his basketball career is right now because he's not an NBA player. If he, if he happens to make an NBA roster, he's a 10th, 11th, 12th man on the bench. More likely he's playing overseas or the G League or whatever. 
Um, this is it for him, probably. This is as good as it's going to get. And like I said, he wouldn't have had that here. Maybe, maybe, high end, we squeak our way into the tournament and go out first round like we did the first two years with him, basically. That's not making the final four. So, like, I don't feel jilted. I wasn't sure how I'd feel watching it. I said, you know, I said last week, check back with me in a week. I guess I'm feeling like, you know, good for him, man. He gave us four years. He did well here. He didn't do as well as maybe we hoped when it came down to it. But he did well. He had some nice moments. And now he's moved on to bigger and better things. And good for him, I guess. Do you think he is a sun devil when all is said and done? I think so. I think so, yeah. I mean, so I was thinking about this, too. Like, we kind of discussed this at the end of last year, but now there's a little more space to it. Like, where do you rank him? You know, if we look at ASU players, ASU basketball players, since we started school here, you know, comfortably top 10, I would say, right? Would you agree with that? I, I think it's probably there. So we're talking about their time at ASU. Yeah, just like yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think, let's I think well, Harden, let's do this really quick. So Harding, okay. Glasser, Ike, Yahoo. yeah, and Pendergraph. Pendergraph, and then so then probably, here's here's where the names is, here's where the names are for me. Carrick yeah. Felix was an NBA draft pick, right? Uh, Jahi Carson. Had a very good two years. I think Martin's yeah. four beats his two. I think so too. I do. Um, Trey Holder. Yeah, I think Holder's probably guy. ahead of him. I would probably say so, but barely. Yeah. I mean, like. I think. I think though. I, I think. Pendergrath, Harden, Glasser, Ike, for sure. Is your top four? Yeah. I mean, so my thought was like, if you just. Do, don't rank them, but just put them in tiers. I thought Harden, Pendergraph, Diagu was kind of my, like, tier one yeah. best guys we've seen. And then it drops to Glasser, Holder, Remy Martin, Bushinsky. Probably, you know, you, you reminded me of him when you said Johnny Carson because they were teammates. Yeah. I tried to put Bushinsky in there. Carson, Felix. That gets us to nine. Zylan Cheatham? Maybe Cheatham. Uh, yeah, that's a one works. year, but 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 yeah, one year. I mean, four years of being a key player for this team. He was a you know key guy off the bench initially, and then a three year starter basically, wasn't he? I mean, he he, he stepped into the lineup as a sophomore, if I remember right. Um, you know, I, I think so. I think you remember him that way. I, so we we get into a, a bigger sort of like big picture college sports thing now, which is the easiness of transfers is going to make this more and more of a discussion that we'll have. Because really. uh, I, I don't think Remy Martin is the last guy we're going to have this discussion about. A guy who was here three, four plus years and maybe not a four-year starter because obviously the extra year and stuff, that's not necessarily. But, you know, we're going to have this discussion because it's going to happen. And we may have it the opposite way too. Guy comes from a certain school and we get him for one year and like, okay, how do we feel about it? him and where does he rank yeah it's just it's just gonna be more frequent i think that it's been because it's it's just flat out easier now it used to be that leaving was was an ordeal and you had to sit out or you had to get a waiver and now you don't 
And so when you have an opportunity to go to Kansas, you're going to take it. And and that's why I don't begrudge him that, I guess. Yeah. And I don't, I, I think he did what was right for him. It's, yeah. Uh, ultimately, I've I've come around a little because I am hurt. But I I go back to <laughs> what Calipari said. If he wants yeah. to do what's right for me and my family, he'll stay. If he wants to do what's right for him and his family, he'll go. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's it's almost like we talked about this last week with Jalen Graham, where it's like, man, we just kind of almost have to embrace that. You know, right now we're a little bit Triple A baseball, and and if a guy has an opportunity to go to the big leagues right before, you know, we get to the AAA or, or minor league world series or whatever they call it. I don't even know if they do that anymore. They it's do. Like, all right. You know, good for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of stinks, but at the same time, I think it's just embracing reality that that's the way it is. And like I said, you know, a fifth year for Remy Martin at ASU wouldn't have probably done much for him. He would have got a nice fan farewell, which he didn't get last year. Before, you know, he didn't he didn't have a senior day with fans and that kind of stinks. Um, but other than that, like it would have just been another year of kind of squeaking by. And instead, he gets to play in the in the biggest atmosphere there is in college basketball, the Final Four. So I, I can't fault him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will I feel different about Jake Daniels? I think I will. Um. Because the circumstances are different. You know, like, he said he was staying, first of all. Remy Martin never said he was staying. He was going pro, and then he didn't, you know. But he didn't say he was coming back. Jane Daniels did. Um, And I don't think, unlike Remy Martin, I think Remy Martin gave us everything he had. I don't think Jane Daniels did. I guess that's my best way to say it. It's intangible, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I I agree. I think the Jane Daniels thing... Is you know, it, it's true. He did this. He set this up, right? Like we got yeah. a we got a look at you know. I'm coming back. I'm right. gonna be right. there. You know, and then we were laughing about the possibility he was leaving. According to her, he was never leaving. I don't know what people were talking about. Yeah, well, and we did all of these things. Right, right. To you know. It's also the timing, to your point. Like we yeah. we knew Martin was leaving as soon as the season was over. Exactly. He never he didn't string us along as a program. It wasn't like you know, well, yeah, I'm coming back, and then we miss out on a transfer, we miss out on a recruit, and then he leaves. That would that would sit different with me, and probably is exactly what happened with Jake Daniels. Could we have had a better transfer quarterback than Paul Tyson? Probably. I think pretty safe to say yes, we could have. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean Paul Tyson's going to – maybe he'll be great. Maybe by mid-October we'll be saying, boy, did we land a gem with Paul Tyson. But just, you know, as it sits right now, we could have done better for ourselves than what we did. Yeah. Well, and it also feels like, you know, I saw in Haller's Week 2 report, yeah. you know, well, Dalen McLemore's getting a look. It's like, okay, well, that, that doesn't mean that we're happy with who we have. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, that, that can be read <laughs> two different ways. It could, it could be read, boy, we are uh, fishing for answers. Or it could be read that, hey, this guy in year three has a light bulb has come on and we just, you know, he's, he's doing too much to just bury him on the depth chart. Yeah. I'd 
love that to be the case. I don't know. Yeah, I'd love for it to be that, but I... We'll find out. I Maybe. fear. Maybe we never will. But yeah, I agree. It, you know, it's... I think it's clear that it's not Bourget at this point in in spring. Yeah. He'd have yeah. to he'd have to rise up and win it. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. yeah, I, I think they're you know if you're if it wasn't Tyson whose reps got cut, it was Borgay's right. reps that got cut, apparently. Right. Now granted they, yeah. they only watch about five reps before they exactly. have to leave. Exactly. So it's hard to you know, and Haller is good at pointing this out. It's it's hard to know if anything is really clear. Are they just getting, you know, uh, led astray by, you know, a, a random sample and then, you know, Macklemore's the number four quarterback the rest of practice? Possible, uh, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the Daniels transfer and the Martin transfer, they're, they're comparable, but to me, they don't feel the same. Yeah. And, I, and again, I just come back to the fact I, I should word it a little differently when I say, you know, we got – we got everything that Remy Martin could give. Like, I feel like we, we wrung as much out of the Remy Martin experience as we could. Mm-hmm. And with Jaden Daniels, there's just this feeling of like, couldn't it have been more? I don't know that it would have been in 2022. I'm not necessarily sure of that, but I go back to the, you know, immediate aftermath of the 2019 season. And it was supposed to be a lot more than how it turned out. Yeah. There was all the hype. All the, you know, everything we heard, we kept hearing, it was him, it was him, it was him, he's the guy. Right, right. And it's like and it, we just, you know, turned over the keys to the castle to him. I mean, Joey mm-hmm. Ellen left, and Ethan Long stopped playing quarterback, and and we didn't really, we, I don't think the year after Daniels, we didn't get a quarterback at all, did we? No. In the class. So, I mean, it, you know, clearly we were, you know, he was the franchise, um, and it just didn't just didn't happen and I, did you read that article the lsu article with mint talked about him a little with zach hill's quotes i did not so fill so, me I mean, in. so hill had some interesting i mean it was very it was qualified so uh, one one thing that was notable was that miles brennan was interviewed in the article and they had a lot of quotes from him and no quotes from daniels so i don't know if lsu didn't make him available or daniels wasn't interested or whatever but the daniels perspective was given by zach hill and he he said you know like his freshman year, they had a, a simpler read offense. It was a, you know, it was an offense built for a true freshman quarterback. Um, and he had, you know, weapons like Brandon Ayuk. He called him out, which is true. You know, right? first-round pick, you lose him. That makes a difference. And he said, you know, we, we put in an offense that, you know, required more of the quarterback. We thought, you know, he didn't criticize him at all. It was, it was just more like, hey, it was, it was more of a challenge. And it just, you know, and he did mention that, like, you know, Jade's got great athleticism and, and he has that tendency to, you know, when the first thing isn't there, he wants to do it on his own. And, 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 you know, it was, it was qualified compliments, if, I guess, if I could put it that way. Mm-hmm. He didn't rant rave about how great he is, but he also, he didn't criticize him and say, like, oh, he's overmatched. Um, yeah. But it just, it just makes you wonder, like, and, and we'll never know, but, you know, that 2020 offseason being what it was, which was almost nothing, and putting in a new offense with new receivers and, like, just, you know, could it have gone different if that doesn't happen? I, I don't know. 
it wasn't the right recipe, obviously. And then, it, it, you know, you hoped that in 2021 it would get right, and it just never did. And and the one thing that that article said something about, you know, like his his receiver struggled and his pass protection struggled. I would disagree with that. I thought offensive line we were pretty solid last year. Receivers mm-hmm. okay, but I, I wouldn't say he had poor pass protection here. No, wasn't the greatest. I'm not saying he, you know, he played behind the the you know 1980s hogs or anything like that. But it was it was it was adequate, passable. He, yeah, yeah. the The problem was not the line. The problem was that he would take off when the first right. read wasn't there. Right, right, right. You know now. We'll never know the answer 100%. Like, maybe this year will give us a clue if we see, like, boy, our receivers are, are good all of a sudden this year. Then it might be like, well, boy, was there something wrong with Daniels or was there something wrong with the offense? Or is it or is it just that we misevaluated receivers? You know, we, we had this, you know, supposedly really deep group of talented guys and there's just nobody there. I don't know. You know, it's a chicken and egg sort of thing, like, was Daniels bad and therefore the receivers look bad or were the receivers not up to it and that made Daniels look worse? Yeah. Or was it the offense? Was it Zach Hill? Was it was it Zach Hill being handcuffed by Herb Edwards? You know, if yeah. Zach Hill had been able to kind of run the show completely, would the offensive look better? Ah, all these ifs, you know, we'll, we'll never know the answer to, honestly. I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't Rashad White's problem. It was not. It was not. No, he was. He was the shining star, and you know, mentioning his name, I, I'm anxious to see you know where he lands in the draft. I'm hoping. I'm hoping second day. He could fall to, to third day, but I think he's he's a guy who could do something. Yeah, I mean, well, it, all of the reports from the Senior Bowl were positive. Yeah. You yeah. Know? He's the I mean, I, he's the PFF. You know, one of the top ranked PFF guys. Right. Yeah, right. you know, I mean, we we saw it. He can. He certainly, you know, a good runner, got good speed. He can catch the you know, catch it out of the backfield. You can even put him out at, at you know receiver if you need to. Like, I mean, running back such a tough position to predict. It feels like because it's all where you land. Uh, you know, like he he could go in the fifth round and land with the right situation and be you know a breakout star as a rookie. Or he could go in the second round and get in the wrong offense, and you know he's out of the league in three years. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be very interesting, you know. But I think he—you're he, right—he has a chance. You know, he's Marion Grice without the injury right now. Right. You know, right. he could Great. catch yeah. the ball. He he could run the ball between the tackles. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's there's potential there. Right? Again, it's hard to, you know, the running backs seem like just a jumbled bunch after, like, it seems like Brees Hall has kind of emerged as the top running back in the draft. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, a, you know, throw them all up in the air and they could come out in any order. And so, you know, if somebody really likes him, he, I could see him going second round. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he's not picked till the third day. Yeah. If you were... Um... If you were doing running backs for ASU, the same yeah. way that we just did top ten basketball guys, or tried That's to count a really it, really tough one. Yeah, who would your running back? What is is Foster RB one? 
I don't know that I'd say that. I mean, he's in the mix, but like, it get, so it comes back to a little bit of a question of what are you looking for from your running back? Because DJ Foster was never really a hand him the ball, you know, 20, 25 times a game, like we just did with Rashad White. We had that. So you've got, like we had, you've got Cameron Marshall, Rashad yeah. White, Marion Grice, um, Demario Richard. Demario Richard, that's a good one. You know, Ryan Terrain, short, shorter time, but mm-hmm. was really reliably good for about a year and a half until he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, like probably probably about a year because it took him a while his first year to really get into the fold. Finished his first year on an amazingly hot run. And then his second year, he started out great and then got hurt halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but yeah, we've had... Like, that's one position that you can say we've consistently had pretty good players. Like, there hasn't been many dull spots where it's like, uh, we just don't have a running back. I mean, even a guy like Dimitri Nance, who wasn't a star, but mm-hmm. solid, played the NFL. Uh, you know, Bryce went to the NFL. Foster, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Caleb Balage was never you know, better than Demario Richmond here, but was good at one epic game and some other nice moments. But like, mm-hmm. that's a really tough one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard to say who, like I would probably, I guess if I had, if you made me choose, I'd probably choose Mary Grice. I could only get one. Yeah. I think so. And Rashad White might be my second one. I, I, I think it's, those guys were just so well-rounded. They could do it all, it felt like. I, I think it's Foster, Grice, and White. Fo- Foster was good. Oh, Foster was very good. It just, it's it, it's like, to me, it's more a question of, okay, what do you want in a running back? Now, if you say I can get everything DJ Foster did, including playing some receiver, then, yeah, probably he goes to 1 or, or 1A. Yeah, I, I think. Well, that's what I guess I mean. I'm saying if you were picking a roster, and you were picking then, the running back for that roster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then I think he goes in there because he was such a great pass catcher. Yeah. But I guess the reason I go with Grice and White over him is because they could do both. They could both catch passes, but they could also like you could have a game plan where it was that guy running the ball 25 times. And you'd be successful. But we saw it this past year with Rashad White. Yeah. Close to the second half of the year, that was our offense. Yeah. That's a tough one. It really is. I mean, like that is a position that we've been fortunate, really, to have pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying we've had, uh, you know, we're not, we're not like, you know, drowning in Heisman winners or anything at running back. But really, from the start, you know, like, I mean... Ryan Terrain, Keegan Herring was good. Was yeah. never as good as he was supposed to be, but he was good. Yeah, um, healthy Rudy Burgess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had some nice moments. Then, you know, the, the Dimitri Nance, um, you know, Dimitri Nance, I believe, was right after, if I'm, if I'm remembering the chronology, I think he was he was kind of the took over for Terrain and Herring. They were both seniors the same year. Yeah, and then was yeah. As I said, he was right around Cameron Marshall too. Yeah, I mean, Marshall's a guy who kind of gets forgotten. Like we, I remember, like I think it was last off season. Didn't we do like a? 
we, we did some, you know, like we tried to pick our best at each position or something like that. And I remember looking at Marshall's numbers and thinking, wow, he's like, he was really, really productive. I don't remember him being as good as he was. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely was. He kind of, from what I recall, his last year was rather underwhelming. I think he had some injuries and he kind of like, like he was supposed, it was almost like a Rudy Carpenter, not that bad, but sort of like, you know, this last year was going to be where he really cemented himself and his last year was probably his worst year. Yeah. So and my, that's, I think, why we've forgotten how good he was. Yeah. My other thought on this is it, it's so much easier to do with receiver because there's, like, yeah. pretty clearly a top tier of, yeah. you know, Harry, yeah. Strong, Strong, Ayuk. Derek Hagan. And Hagan. And Ayuk. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, like, a top four, and then it's, like, then you've got your, like, Jarrell Robinsons and... Right. Mike, Mike Jones is and Mike Jones, Chris McGahey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, at, at, I mean, it's kind of it reminds me almost a little bit of when we did our AFC quarterbacks. We got to do the NFC at some point. But, you know, best quarterbacks and like certain places, it was like, well, okay, there's like three really good ones, and and with receiver, yeah, we have we have more like elite ones. We probably haven't had an elite running back, a running back who was you know. Uh, all conference, all American. We really haven't. We have had elite receivers. Yeah, but we haven't had the consistency. We've also had several years where we've lacked much at receiver. It, you know, and this past year was one. I can, you know, Burko's year when Burko was the starter after after Jalen Strong left. Like, you know, we we struggled to find that next guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think really quarterback play has been up and down. For sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we we haven't had the elite quarterback either. I mean, no, I, it's been I, a lot of misevaluated talent. Yeah, frankly, yeah. I, mean, I think we both agree that Taylor Kelly is the best quarterback we've had in our years. But like, I think about this, and I think like if you asked somebody who lived in Alabama. Who's the best ASU quarterback? You know, since two thousand, I bet you they would not think of Taylor Kelly. I my assumption is they would say, "Well, when did Jake Plummer stop?" They probably would, yeah. And then probably the next name that would come to mind is probably Brock Osweiler because he played in the NFL. Yeah. You know, you always. I mean, I I'm guilty of that. With if you did the opposite, if you said, you know, who's the best quarterback from you know Miami. Arkansas, uh, my yeah, I mean Miami. I would go with Ken Dorsey because yeah. of the championship. But you know, if you said Arkansas or something like that, I'm going to go with probably Ryan Mallett. Mm-hmm. I don't know if an Arkansas fan would actually say that, but you know, he played in the NFL. He was a second or third round pick, whatever it was, and that's the name I think of. So yeah, I mean, like, and and that doesn't mean that like Taylor Kelly wasn't good. I think Taylor Kelly's the right answer for that. But it just yeah. it shows that we just haven't had that elite guy. Like certain most schools, you know, in twenty twenty five years, if you go back to like the BCS era starting, have had at least one or two guys that like jump out. And mm-hmm. ASU really hasn't. Uh, they really haven't, you know. And now Kelly and Walter Carpenter, they were they were good, and no no shame in any of their careers. Um, yeah. But yeah, not not like the you know, 
true blue, you know, all-American level type player we haven't added. And that goes back to where we started this discussion with Jaden Daniels. He was supposed to be that. He was supposed to end that drought of like, oh, we haven't had that elite top-notch quarterback. Mm-hmm. But now we got it with Paul Tyson. <laughs> I was just about to say, quite honestly, now it feels like we're further away from that than maybe we've we've been. Now that could change in a hurry. I will. I mean, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure that LSU fans did not, when they got Joe Burrow, did not think, especially after his first year, think like, oh, this guy's going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play at LSU. He'll be a legend forever. Um, and he is. So, you know, it could change fast in college football, but it feels like we're far away from it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you had mentioned it. In a, in a text is something to talk about a, a little baseball discussion yeah um the season is around the corner seven what eight days from now opening day yeah and so where i wanted to start that discussion with you was sure doesn't feel like it you know it doesn't i agree like it, yeah. it, the frankly the lockout ending if if you weren't a baseball fan it feels like you know the the national media is just not interested no i know? agree i agree I, there's I mean, I, there was much more coverage of you know triple h on espn <laughs> yeah, you know yeah yeah no I, I agree i mean even with the with the you know free agent signings and stuff it, it hasn't made a great ripple and i, I mean i don't want to we don't need to relitigate what we've talked about in the last couple of months but to me that just that just you know kind of sums up where baseball is right now which is like the baseball fan is excited and i'm excited as somebody who just likes sports and likes to check scores and stuff like that i'm ready to go i'm ready to see but but there's there's very little about the upcoming season that i feel like is you know must see i've got to see that guy or i've got to see that team or doesn't feel that way really i'm anxious to see the dodgers adding freddie freeman makes them very interesting to me yeah but i i struggle with much beyond that yeah you know i guess like for me it's i'm very keen on the uh met rotation with scherzer and degrom at the top you know right right yeah uh, I mean, there's, there's, you know, I'm interested to see Otani again, and you know, see him now be able to, you know, play more, presumably because of the DH and yeah. changing the rule. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to come out of the game as a DH if he's the pitcher, and so that's cool to, you know, get to see more of him and uh, the Blue Jays with, you know, their young roster and adding some some talent there. And I mean, there's there's interesting stories if you look for them. It's not like you know, all yeah. 30 rosters are just boring. Yeah, the top the top free agent position player signed with the Twins. Like, yeah, that's, you know. yeah, you know. I mean, like there there are plenty of things if you if you look beneath the surface that are like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm anxious to see how this team does or that player does. But it doesn't, you know. You meant you said the national media. That's exact. Like nationally, not a lot of this resonates. You really you got to look for it. Yeah, and and it you know it kind of reminds me a little of golf in the immediate like post tiger years and i mean tiger's still there but like the post tiger dominance which is like yeah they had you know there were still good players and there were good young players and 
if you were a golf fan, like, yeah, I like this guy and I'm interested in this guy, but none of them anywhere near moved the needle, to use that term, yeah. the way Tiger did. And baseball is lacking a, a, you know, a Tiger, LeBron, somebody like that that really, you know, gets everybody to pay attention. Yeah. I, you know, I guess it'd probably be Otani. Probably. You know, I, I think in terms of a, charisma, a yeah, in terms of charisma, it, maybe it's Vlad Jr. Yeah, it um, could be. Or you Tatis, know, I mean, but Tatis got hurt. Tatis is hurt, right, right. You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's hard to make someone that. That's yeah. the thing. Like, those those guys, they're, they're either there or they're not. And, you know, like, LeBron was that. From the moment you first heard about LeBron, he was a, you know, hot button at 16. He's a hot button at 38, or however old he is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, baseball has good players, but they just don't, they don't have a Ken Griffey. When yeah. we were kids, Ken Griffey was a, was one of the biggest stars in sports. Yeah, Griffey, Jeter, you know. Yeah, A-Rod. In, in his day, I mean, yeah. A-Rod was never really. Well, I mean, there was the there was the was huge G- star. There was the Jeter, A-Rod, Nomar, right? You know, in the, the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. yeah, not to mention the obvious, you know, McGuire, Sosa, home run chase, and the, I mean, those guys were they were the biggest thing in the sports world in the summer of ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were bigger than probably everybody but Michael Jordan at that period of time. And Jordan retired. You know, like that was they were. They ran the world, basically, in the late summer of 1998. It doesn't feel like that's even possible for baseball right now, to have somebody emerge like that. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I don't know what you do to fix that. It's not a quick fix. It's, it's you know, it's not something you push a couple of buttons and and this guy becomes the, like I said, you, you the greatest marketing agency in the world cannot just, you know, make Vlad Guerrero Jr. As much as I like watching him play, they can't make him into Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. It, it has to happen organically, and I just I don't know how it does. Yeah. Well, and I think part of the problem, too, is you don't have uh, Nolan Ryan or Roger Clemens, uh, you yeah. know, like uh, on that side of the ball either, you right. know, because you think about, uh, you know, this is, no judgment of the of the typical fan, but yeah. how many people could name last year's NL Cy Young Award winner if he wasn't? Uh, I'm not sure that I could. He plays for the Brewers, right? Yep. Um, is it Burns? It is Burns. Okay, okay. But it's like, well, how many I fans test, would know that like Corbin Burns was the Cy Young winner for the yeah, NL last year? I agree. And I, I, who was the AL Cy Young winner? I don't know. Should I know? I I'm not sure that I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll probably know it if you said it. It'll probably be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That guy was, you know. But was it Robbie Ray? I think it was. Let me. I'm pulling it up now. Okay. Let's see the Cy Young think, Award vote totals. I think it was. For the AL, it was it was Robbie Ray. Okay. Who also, by the way, had 29 of 30 first place votes. Okay. So, it, not only was it Robbie Ray, it was him but by a landslide. Ran away with it, yeah, yeah. Uh, Garrett was, Cole had the only Garrett other Cole. one. Because okay. okay. in the National League, you had 
Burns and Wheeler each had 12 first place votes and Scherzer had right. six. So, right. Right. you know, that and, one was you know, like close. You'd be forgiven if someone said Scherzer. <laughs> right. And yeah, Scherzer didn't even really have a great year start to finish. He was great with the Dodgers after he got traded. Yeah. But he was, he was fairly, you know, above average with the Nats. He wasn't really great. Um, you're 100% right on the pitchers. I mean, that is one of the things that has changed so, 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 so much. I, you know, I can't say so enough um, from when we were kids. Like, you know, pitchers were starting pitchers, were, were big stars. They were the names you knew. Well, like Johnson, um, Schilling. When you think of the yeah. Braves teams, sure, you oh, think yeah. of Tripper and Andrew Jones, but it's the pitchers. But, now, off the top of my head, I'm gonna yeah. If you if you ask me '90s Braves, I'm gonna probably name Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz before anybody else. Yeah, maybe Chipper Jones. Maybe I'd have Chipper Jones in there, but but that was what their identity was: in starting pitching. And those guys were big stars, and they you know they've remained big stars. I mean, yeah. Smoltz is on TV. I mean Maddox and Glavin aren't, but you know like they're still big names. You say Greg Maddox, people know who that is. Yeah, but. Uh, okay, who was the number one starter for the Braves last year when they won the World Series? It's Charlie Morton, I believe. Uh, was it Charlie Morton? I mean, I know he was on the roster. I know he, you know, and then um, the guy who pitched the clinching game was Freed, right? Yeah, Max Freed. Max Freed. You know, so like I know the names, but they're not they're not household names uh, by any means. You know, so like that's the the change in how we treat starting pitchers and. I mean, it's just the way it is. Again, it's not going back just because, you know, you and me bemoan it. But it does make a difference. I mean, I, you know, one of the things that I learned as a kid, and I've said this to you before, was, you know, like who teams five-man rotations were. And they were clear-cut and defined. You yeah. started a year with a five-man rotation, and unless you had an injury or a guy sucked, it stayed that way. Now it's like, eh, you might have a three-man rotation, and then we'll just figure it out the other days. Yeah. Exactly. It it's, Which makes it tough. Yeah. It, it it adds to the feeling, I guess, that like the players themselves don't really matter. And I and I, I know that's not true, but that's sometimes how it feels with baseball right now, is that like the players don't matter, we could just replace them with generic person X off the street and nothing would change. Yeah. And again, I know that's not true. I'm not saying it is. But that's how it feels. And it doesn't feel that way with basketball or baseball or uh, football right now. I mean, you know, like football, you want to see Patrick Mahomes. You want to see Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You want to see Odell Beckham. Even though Odell Beckham hasn't been as good for the last five years, he's still a star. Yeah. He's a name that people care about. Uh, baseball just lacks that right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know. I, I mean, again, I don't know what the fix is, but you're 100% right that, you know, it's – it's uh, now the season hasn't started yet, but the buildup to the season is completely getting lost in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, will Tiger play the Masters and the upcoming Masters? Uh, you know, free agents and trades in the NFL. I mean, those things are all catching more headlines than, than the baseball season is a week away from starting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I I just find that to be noteworthy. No, I it guess. is. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I I wasn't necessarily thinking of it in that standpoint. I was thinking more of, 
you know, a, you want to give me a quick uh, World Series pick? What's your what's your matchup? Who wins? Uh, I think that uh, you know, on the NL side, you're looking at Braves, Dodgers, Brewers, Mets as the teams yeah. who are actively trying. I kind of feel like that. Yeah, you Giants know? maybe too. Yeah, Giants were good last year. So I mean, I think that I think that right there is probably your five teams in the playoffs. Yeah, well, six now, right? Then they go to um, six each. I'm sorry. That does start this year, right? I think. Yeah, you are right. Okay. Uh, I so, think Pod. I mean, Padres. I'd say are going for it too, but who knows with Tatis out and like yeah. they choked so bad last year that it's. So I'll say know. I'll say Braves, Mets, Phillies, Giants, Dodgers, Brewers. Yeah. Um, as your six playoff as teams. my six and I'll I'd probably go pretty similar to that yeah you know and then I'll, I'll say my heart says Brewers my head says Dodgers so I'll just take the Dodgers <laughs> I'm going Dodgers too I'm, um, I'm, I'm all in on this Dodger team this year not that that's a big leap yeah but I I, I think they could be like just dominant I know the pitching is a question, but as we just talked about, does that even matter anymore? Yeah. You got two or three good starters, which they do. You just piece it together otherwise, and their offense should be so good. Well, the thing is they've got their their number three starter or potentially playoff closer is Kershaw. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. but they've got Urias. They've got Bueller. Bueller Gonsolin's back. I mean, right. they'll, David Price is still there. I think yeah. I know he's been up and down. Is there any chance of Dustin May back late in the year? I know he yeah. had the Tommy John, but I know, think like, there is because he went down pretty early last yeah, year. Yeah, I would think you know by by maybe August you could be having him back in the fold too. Um, but yeah, so I would say that's probably my NL. Yeah, in the AL. The Twins and the White Sox are both going for it, so yeah. I'll go both of them to make the playoffs. I think the Astros again. Out of the West. I yeah, agree. probably Blue Jays, Rays, and Red Sox. That was going to be mine, too. Yeah, that, that's like word for word what I was going to say on the AL. Um, and then I'll, I'll be optimistic, and I'll say the the Rays. Okay. I'm going to go Blue Jays to win the AL. Yeah. I like that pick. I you know, they're uh, talking about teams that are going for it. They will they, are. they they will go out and get pitching or whatever. Exactly. I mean, I'll I'll t- I almost said this in a in a joke but not really. My my pick to come out of the AL is whoever trades for Frankie Montes from the A's at the deadline. <laughs> like that'll just that'll be who yeah, wins yeah. it. <laughs> and, and yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, the A's are in another one of their teardown rebuilds, but you know it works for them. It's hard to criticize their approach because they've done it before and it, it's successful. Um, but yeah, it'd probably be a rough year in there. But but then again, who knows? The A's have a knack for like every time you think they're going to be terrible, all of a sudden they, they've won 90 games. Yeah, no, this will be the year where they win like 95 games. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I get just you know you never write them off, but. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with you on the playoff teams. I mean, I I hate to totally rule out the Yankees because they've got talent, um, yeah. you know, but that, that 
division's tough, man. It just, you know, like feels like somebody besides Baltimore, somebody's going to be the odd team out. And I, I guess I'd go with them over the others. Yeah. And, I, and Baltimore, I'm sure, is going to be historically bad again, though. Yeah. Well, Baltimore, <laughs> they have to play the other four teams 19 times. So there's do. a chance that they, they could do. go 0-76 in the, yeah. in the yeah. division. You see, though, by the way, that that's changing in 23, the schedule rotations? I saw it, but I didn't see what it was changing to. It's pretty significant. I mean, like, it's I, I'm excited by it. So it's essentially kind of going to go, I mean, not completely NBA, NHL, but you're going to play every team at least one series, and every other year every team will visit each home park. So, like, if you're – Milwaukee in the NL, you'll get every AL team at least every other year. So that's, one year you'll get the Yankees, one year you'll get the Red Sox or whatever. That's exciting. I like that. I like that. Me too. Me too. I mean, as a, you know, in Phoenix, where, you know, you get a study diet of Colorado and San Diego, and like San Diego's good and LA's good and all that, but it's like, man, three home series with Colorado does nothing for me. It does nothing for most people. So, you know, you tell me every other year I get to see potentially every team in the league if I want to. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, less division games. It's going to go more more balanced, I guess. I don't – I mean, I, I, I read – Jason Stark, I think, wrote an article in The Athletic about it shortly after the lockout ended. And he, he broke it down. I don't remember all the numbers. But the, the thing that hit home with me was, like, you know, instead of just getting, like, two or three teams from the other league every year, you're going to get – seven or eight and you'll get every team at least once every two years yeah i'm good with that so i like that yeah yeah that seems pretty fair to me that's a fan-friendly change you know you want to get people out to the ballpark and see the game i mean you know you tell me this year that and, and it's not this year but if you told me this year that you know toronto and minnesota and Houston and those teams were all coming to the Diamondbacks. Like, yeah, I'd probably try to go see all of them. Well, and I'll, I mean, I, the the four game pack I bought, and I'll I'll almost certainly go to more than just four games. Yeah. But the four game pack I bought, I bought because that included a Yankee ticket. Right. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I mean, I I like that. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's I mean, it's not every team, but that's one of the things I love about the NBA schedule. It's like, okay, if you're in an NBA market. You could see anybody you want. If I want to see the Charlotte Hornets, they're going to come to Phoenix once every season. I could make it work if I want to, or whoever, you know. And so it's not every year, but at least every other year is like that's cool. I mean, you know, if I want to go see the Yankees in either twenty three or twenty four, I probably will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I. Look, you want to generate fan interest. You want to get people caring. Yeah. It's a you good know. Change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I also heard, and you would probably know this for sure, they're going back to the old minor league names, yeah. ACL and the like. Yeah, which is good. AAA West like was that. stupid. Very dumb. That starts this year, right? It's yeah. An immediate change. So, you know, like, little things, man. I mean, I one, so I don't know if you can believe him, but I read that, you know, Rob Manfred said, like, you know, I, I got to do a better job of being an ally to the players and being an ally to the game. Like, those little things are what we're asking for. Yeah. It's not going to be an overnight cure, but stuff like that is like, yeah, man, make people want to care about the game. Yeah. Well, and give me like the thing about baseball. And we've talked about this is history. 
So when you make these big sweeping changes, you are taking away part of the history of the game. Right, right. And there's a a balancing act. But like like Ted Williams played in the Pacific Coast League. Right. He didn't play in the AAA West. No. You know? And and like it's one thing to, to change something that's been a certain way to make it better. But just to change the name of the leagues, like how does that make it better? It doesn't. And, yeah. and you're you're sacrificing that history, that appeal. I mean, it, you know, like that's I don't know, like that's why I'm always resistant to this notion of like the NBA going to a reseeding in the playoffs and just doing one through sixteen. It's like, no, man, we, you know, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. That means something to be the Western Conference champion. It means something, and and we shouldn't get rid of that. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, you know, again, those are little things, but. Yeah, I think something like that, that 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 in and of itself does not appeal to new fans. What it does is it reaches out to fans like you, yeah. who have been baseball fans your whole life, and says, hey, we understand you. We, yeah. We're trying to get you, and we're trying to keep you in the fold, and you know, yeah, this, it, is, it, this it, is an effort. Yeah, I mean, it is a move that is rare, and obviously it wasn't acknowledged as explicitly, but it was a move that it, you know implicitly says... We made a mistake here. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. put the teams back, clearly. Right. But right. what's done is done there. But yeah. this change was made, and we didn't have a, a reason to have to do that. Right. And, right. and so we're going to undo that. And so little little progression like that would be good. Um, you know, again, the schedule thing, I think, is, is good. Um, you know, it's, it's going to take time. And that's why I said, like, when you, you know, talk about this, like, it's not a quick fix. You don't just wave the magic wand and, and get, you know, people ravenous about baseball again. But, you know, you try to make a little progression and, and maybe those are small steps toward it. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. Next time we talk, there'll be a WrestleMania. There'll be an NCAA basketball champion. Yes. Uh, yes. We'll base- know who the unified champion of WWE is. Yeah. Do you have a pick on that? I think I'm going to go Reigns. I think so too. I think Brock needs a break. Yeah, it well, yeah, it always feels like he takes a WrestleMania post WrestleMania break. So, even though it feels like somebody's got to beat Reigns, and I don't know who it is if it's not Brock, I think I'm going Reigns to win. Yeah. Um, I am in the same boat. I think that's true. Uh, that someone has to beat him. I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe they will hot shot Cody Rhodes to the title when he maybe, comes in and be, and uh, beats Seth. Seth Al- Rollins. Yeah, although I yeah. think I think it's also entirely possible based on the WCW of it all that they'll just have him lose because or, yeah. or just like maybe he wins this one, but I I absolutely feel like there's a real good chance that like two months from now he's fighting for the u.s title or, or he's chasing like the 24 7 championship i could see that in about six months yes i absolutely could because yeah vince loves to take the big star from another place and quickly marginalize them as to almost basically say like you're not at our league mm-hmm. so giving him a world championship run i don't see it not right away and i'm not sure ever because that just legitimizes aew if you do that if yeah. you bring that guy over and right away he's in the main event, it's like, well, uh, you're you're calling them equal, and Vince ain't going to do that. 
Well, I also heard the suggestion of like, well, you know, some people in, in WWE had said they should bring him out with the same entrance music and the same ring attire yeah. as an AEW because, well, that's what they did with NWO. Right, right. And it's like, yeah, true, except he bought WCW. Exactly. He, WCW you know, was gone by that yeah. point. Yeah, they, they weren't a competitor anymore. And he, he owned it. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. Those are not the same thing. You know, it's like you you get rid of this because you didn't buy, you know. You, right, You, you right. didn't buy yeah. AEW. They're still a competitor. So if you do that, if they come out that way, he gets smoked. Absolutely yes. smoked. I think so. Is my yeah, prediction. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, they'll, to me, I think it'll be a lot like they did with most of the WCW guys when the invasion first happened. It'll be a big thing, and then slowly but surely, by SummerSlam, he'll be lucky to be on the card. Yeah. And if he is on the card, it'll be in the third match, fighting for a mid-tier title or part of yeah. a tag team or something like that. Or it'll be on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I joked about that when I when I first heard that he's going like, and I even said the same thing, like, Two months from now, he'll be chasing around the 24-7 title behind the scenes. Probably won't be two months, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happens within six months. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about real sports in yes, addition to yes, sports yes. entertainment. We'll have a national champ. We'll, we'll talk all of that. And soon, it's time for one of our annual traditions. The quarterback, the breakdown. quarterback breakdown. That is correct, yes. <laughs> we gotta, you know, four weeks from tomorrow night is, is the first round, so we got to get that in soon. Yeah. Well, until next time, he's Matt, I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.